In addition to setting the historical record straight, this book seeks to improve the internal governance and external regulation of corporations today. Business leaders, as well as policymakers, have forgotten the conditions under which corporations thrive and the circumstances in which they are likely to flail or fail. That memory lapse has caused Americans some serious consternation recently, in the form of Enron, Lehman Brothers, Comcast, Fannie Mae, Bernie Madoff, and others too numerous to mention, and I fear will cause even more serious trouble in the relatively near future. Until they relearn to govern themselves, corporations will continue to face two major risks, increased government regulation and the withdrawal of investor demand. Either outcome could injure the economy, while the occurrence of both, if investors widely believe that new regulations would burden corporate profits without improving governance, could prove economically devastating. Think dangerous drop in liquidity, withdrawal of foreign portfolio investment, stock market meltdown, and ultimately decreased incentive for entrepreneurs to innovate due to an anemic IPO market. Such a disaster scenario is not unrealistic. Money, it is said, stays where it is well treated, and currently it is regularly abused by the nation's regulators and its largest corporations. Currently, the public has more confidence in gas station attendants than in bankers, and more confidence in auto repairmen than in investment advisors. Corporate governance malfeasance has raised the cost of capital in the past, and could do so again. After the Civil War, shady railroad managers frightened legitimate investment, nearly killing the goose which lays the golden egg, in the words of one critic. Worthy stock enterprises, complained another, languish from public distrust in stock companies. In the late 19th century, Investment gurus regularly cautioned individuals not to buy common stocks because good information about corporate financials was lacking. Legal reforms aimed to change that, but in the wake of numerous scandals, their success appears doubtful. Despite all the disclosure laws passed since, financial information remains of dubious quality. According to Jonathan Macy, one of the world's leading experts on all things corporate, Stockholders must trust that corporate executives will treat their money right because shareholders have virtually no contractual rights to corporate cash flows. Most investors today don't know that, and they overestimate the power of regulators to monitor executives on their behalf. When investors realize that what they get in return for their hard-earned money is at the whim of overpaid corporate executives, not the rule of law, there will be economic hell to pay. If the confidence of the public in great corporations is destroyed, noted one scholar during the Great Depression, as it has been already sorely shaken in numerous recent instances of gross lapses from duty, the entire stability of our institutions will be thereby undermined. Disgruntled investors today could also withdraw from the equities market, some scholars warn. The fundamental problem of the corporation, noted economists Charles Calamiris and Carlos Ramirez in the mid-1990s, is to secure funding from people who are not directly in control of the use of those funds.
Without safeguards, managers can and will bilk investors to the point that suppliers of funds may not find it worthwhile to transfer their savings to corporations. And because a majority of Americans now own stock, if only indirectly via their retirement accounts and other mutual fund holdings, the economic, political, and social risks of a capital strike are greater than ever. Even if such a strike were not widespread enough to result in economic meltdown, any sizable change in investor sentiments away from corporate securities would likely raise the cost of corporate capital and hence slow economic growth.